Hello everyone, it's that time of the year with mocks just round the corner that it's about high time that I did another jogging podcast. Uh, so welcome back to all our lovely Waden student listeners and anybody else that might be crazy enough to be listening to this. Um, today, this week, we're going to focus on natural hazards, which is in paper one in the mock. And we are going to look specifically at tropical storms. It's really important that we understand how they form. That's what we're going to look at today. So at the end of the podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a question that we would like you to practice, uh, to try out and apply the knowledge you're about to relearn in this podcast. I want to start off by saying that tropical storm formation is quite complex. So I'm maybe not expecting you to get it all and understand it all just simply from the sounds of my voice. And I recommend that you go online and have a look at BBC Weather videos explaining its formation. Um, at various websites like NASA have some good websites explaining it. Um, so do do hunt around and do find alternative sources. Uh, but ultimately, my voice on this podcast and the textbook as well are kind of the authoritative go-to. So there might be some conflicting information out there. It might get a bit confusing. But what I'm telling you on this podcast, um, what I taught you in lesson and what's in the textbook is gospel. Okay, so let's start and uh, I'm going to break down into sort of three chunks the, the way these, the, these, form, the, these storms form. So let's start by talking about the early life of a tropical storm. Um, how do they form... All of the example I'm about to give you is focused on hurricanes which form in the North Atlantic. Now, all tropical storms, whether they're called hurricanes, cyclones, typhoons, it depends on where they are in the world, all of them form in the tropics. That's because you need a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of heat in order for them to form. Too far north is too cold. And they always begin with something known as a tropical disturbance. Now, this is just simply an area of low atmospheric pressure. And low atmospheric pressure is caused by air rising up into the atmosphere due to the heating of the sun. The sun heats the ground, it shines on the ground, the ground heats up, the air above it heats up, it rises up, and that creates an area of low pressure. And that is the very seed of a tropical storm, a tropical disturbance. What happens then is that low pressure area attracts air to move into it. It's kind of like if you were walking through a landscape, it's kind of like a dip in the landscape. And what happens is the air around that low pressure then moves in to fill that low pressure. Um, and when it gets there, that air is then also warmed and also rises up. And so you've got this flow of air moving in, rising up. As it rises, it cools the moisture in the air, condenses, and it forms a thunderstorm. The third part in this early stage is that that thunderstorm can quickly die out. If the winds in the high atmosphere, known as shear winds, are strong, it will kind of blow out the tropical storm. But if they are calm shear winds in the upper atmosphere, then the storm basically just continues to gather strength. More air rises, 
creating a deeper low pressure, pulling in more and more air. And at this stage, what we find is that the tropical disturbance now becomes what's known as a tropical depression, a, a, lower, a very low pressure system. And we now have a baby tropical storm that is developing. So we've got this tropical depression, air is rushing in. Now as the air starts rushing in to fill that depression in, it flows in in a spiral pattern. It spirals inwards. Um, and in the northern hemisphere, this is anti-clockwise. As it moves in, it circulates in an anti-clockwise direction. And the reason for this is that the Earth spins and that creates an effect called the Coriolis effect. Because you've got this air spiralling inwards, it starts to make the storm rotate anti-clockwise as well. And the thunderclouds, rather than just being one big thunderstorm, starts to separate out into sort of a spiral of thunderclouds, a spiral of rain bands. This whole storm that's starting to rotate is then pushed to the west because at this point on Earth's surface, we have easterly winds. This is a really important point because it links to our understanding of the atmospheric circulation model. So the movement of surface winds from the subtropical high pressure system back to the equatorial low pressure system are known as easterly winds. They blow from the east. So if they're blowing from the east towards the west, it's going to move the storm to the west. And that's why these hurricanes we see in the North Atlantic start kind of off the coast of Africa and then move across the Atlantic towards the Caribbean and then across into the United States. Now, as it moves to the west, the tropical storm starts to move over shallower, much warmer ocean. Now, this is the step everybody remembers, but it's just one ingredient. Now, that warm ocean must be over 26 and a half degrees Celsius. That warm water effectively supercharges the storm because now you've got air that's incredibly moisture laden. It's full of moisture and that air is now being added to the storm. It's been sucked in and then forced up violently. Uh, very, very quickly, it cools rapidly and builds giant, giant thunderstorm clouds. These clouds are a type of cloud known as cumulonimbus clouds. Um, and so we again, we're building this spiral pattern. More and more energy is being released as the water condenses to form clouds. And this powers the storm. <coughs> so as we've got this really super rapidly rising air through the centre of the storm, cooling, it's actually struggling to get out over the top of the storm and move around the sides. It, the storm is now so big it can't do that. So it's this very cold, dense air, and instead of moving to the side, it now does something unusual. It descends straight back down through the storm and it punches a hole through the cloud and this is the formation that's known as the eye of the storm. On the ground, the wind speeds are now up to, or over, I should say, 70 
1.4 miles an hour. And they could extend all the way up to 195 miles an hour. That's the highest ever recorded um, surface wind speed of a, of a tropical storm. Now, those wind speeds are fiercest at the eye wall, but in the eye itself, it's quite eerily calm and there's very little wind. The storm is now over 125 miles across and it goes very high up into the atmosphere. It continues to move west because of those easterly winds and now it will start to deflect to its right, move to its right again because of the Coriolis effect. All of this means that islands in the Caribbean and the uh, states of the United States of America are being hit by very, very strong wind speeds, very heavy rainfall, and also the winds and the low pressure of the air create a rise in sea level and what's known as a storm surge, which creates a lot of coastal flooding. When the hurricane or the tropical storm now strikes land, it's on land, it's over land rather than the warm sea, so its power source is cut off, the friction with the land slows it down and it will gradually diminish and weaken and eventually disappear over several days. But the damage by this point has already been done. Yay! So now you've listened through um, that run through of how it forms, I would go online and have a look at some videos uh, with some animation to help sort of embed that in your head. I would then now suggest you write down a list of key words in the right order based on that sequence. So take a stripped down version of your notes and just say very simply step one, step two, step three, what are the two or three key words that are happening in this step? So really reduce down your notes uh, down to a summary and then see if you can build that back up. Now the final part, and I really recommend actually giving yourself 24 hours to try uh, to, before you try and do this. You want to let your mind absorb what you've taken on board and see whether or not it's gone into your long-term memory. You're always going to be able to write an answer to a question that you have just revised, but the reality is when you sit your exams in the summer or you, you know, even in these mocks, you will have to apply knowledge that you have revised weeks uh, previously. So try to, to simulate that now. So come back to the podcast in 24, 48 hours and then try the question. The question is very simple. Um, it is explain how tropical storms form. Um, this would be a six mark question. I'd be very surprised if they made this out of and made this into a nine marker, uh, unless they were to try and ask you to link in your knowledge of Typhoon Haiyan. But I don't think they would. I'm just going to keep it to explain how tropical storms form. Six marks. What an examiner's looking for here is a nice, clear, and complete sequence of steps. Don't bullet point it. Write it continuously, but a nice sequence lots of key terms used correctly, and some key numbers as well. Things like 74 miles an hour might feature, or 26 and a half degrees Celsius might feature. That's what we're looking for. So that is what I want you to do for uh, next week's lessons. I want you to bring me your answer to explain how tropical storms form. 
and I will give you some feedback on your answer. Well done for listening. Uh, Keep up the revision. Keep up the hard work. It will pay off. You will do better in your mocks as a result. So keep up the hard work. Well done, and I will see you all next week.